0: Mesechas Peah, Per Gimel, Mishnah Bav, 3-6. This Mishnah is asking, what is the minimum size of a field that would be required to leave Peah? So we'll have in total five different Shirim. Each one is getting smaller than the next. So we we'll start with the largest and then we go down in size. Um, and the basis of each of these opinions is, is, um, really based on different, um, drushes that are linking the idea of a Sada field, which is a requirement for not, not to, harvest your field to the edge by paya, Um, and then trying to link that idea of field to other contexts in the halachas of uh, gifts to the poor. So we'll see inside. It says, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, the first opinion is Rabbi Eliezer's, and he says, base rova pa land the size of what's called a base rova. That's the minimum size of a field that will be obligated in peya. Base rova means literally a house of a rova. <laughs> a rova is a quarter of a kav, um, the, the way I think it's most useful to at least keep in your mind the size of these various volumes in the Mishnah is as follows. Um, the most common measure of volume is the Kav. So the Kav, you can imagine as being a two liter bottle of water. And a Kav is approximately two liters. So there are six Kabin in a saw. A saw is a larger measurement. So you can imagine a six pack. You know, you buy a six pack in the shop, in the store of 2-liter bottles, so when it's sort of wrapped together in that plastic, that is roughly the size of a saw. So a rova, which means a quarter, is a quarter of a cub. So a quarter of a 2-liter bottle is a 500cc bottle. So think of a small bottle of coke, whatever, a quarter of a 2-liter bottle. That is what we're talking about over here. So a base rova means the amount of land in which one would normally plant that quantity, let's say 500cc, of seeds, let's say wheat, wheat seeds to plant a wheat field. So um, the math kind of works out like this, that there's a, a measurement called the base saw, and that's the most standard used used area measure, measure of area of a field for large areas. So a base saw is the amount of uh, land in which one could plant a saw worth of seeds. So you do the math. If there are six coven, six coven, one saw, and of course there are four quarter coven and a coven, So, then how many quarter cobs are there in a saw? It's six times four, or 24. So, this is 124th the size of a base saw, is the base rova. And the base saw is given as 50 by 50 almos, 2,500 square almos. Um, So, an alma is roughly half a meter. So, you're saying 25 by 25 meters, say, you know, 625 uh, square meters or think around, you know, say five and a half thousand square feet, something like that. So we're now, but we're dividing it by 24. So 2,500 square almost divided by 24 is just over 100 square almost. It's actually 104 and a six square almost to be exact. Um, So yeah, or roughly 25 square meters, something like that. So that's the amount of size, according to the first opinion of Rabbi Lazar, of how big a field must be in order for it to be obligated in the midst of peah, He gets that because he equates the field referred to in the verses with respect to peah to a reference to a field with kilim. Um sort of beyond the scope of right now what I want to get into. But an um, uh, important measure in kilim is a base rova, so we're bringing in that measurement over here too. It's a little too technical for our purposes now, um, the exact derivation. Fine. That's the first opinion. The second opinion is Rabbi Yoshua, and he says... Rabbi Yeshua says the amount of field which produces two saw. So Rabbi Leazar, the first opinion was focused on how much seed would go into the ground, the input, if you will. This is Rabbi Yeshua focused on the output of the land. So it has the field that can produce two saw. Roughly, if you remember, a second ago, I said it's roughly 12 uh, liters per saw. So two saw is basically 24 liters of grain. And that's the minimum amount. Rabbi Yeshua gets this because... Sasaim to sa is a significant um, measurement with regard to the limits of Shekha. Also, a little beyond the scope of what we want to discuss right now. But in any case, he's he's linking the rules of Shekha to the rules of peah, and um, because they're in the verse, they're connected. And just like by shicha, there's an upper limit of twenty-four. There'll be a lower limit of twenty. Excuse me, of sasaim. So there's also going to be a lower limit of sasaim um, to sa for the production of the field in order for it to be chayev and peah. Rabbi Tarfin, the third opinion, Omer, she shall she tfachim. He says it's just six by six tfachim. A tefach is a hand breadth, So six tfachim is basically an ama, the length from your elbow to the tip of your middle finger. So we're talking roughly half a meter. So basically half a meter by half a meter, an ama by an ama, six by six tfachim. And that's all the same size. And Rabbi Tarfan says that's the minimum size of field it could be in order to be required to leave peah. He gets it also from Kilaim, but this measure of six by six Tfachim is a rule as a, as a size of a field as relevant for the laws of kilayim with respect to like a vegetable patch or like a small patch of herbs, etc. In any case, beyond the scope of ours for right now, but in any case, he's equating a measure of a small patch for let's say herbs, whatever it is, um with the rules of kilayim, which is six by six Tfachim, he'll apply that now to the rules of a field when it applies to peah, six by six Tfachim. The fourth opinion, Omer, he says, He says, just the field needs to be big enough that you could start reaping it and go back for a second cut in the field. The idea here is we're not equating it to a particular size of field, but rather since the requirements for pay is um, to not complete your harvest, go all the way to the edge of your harvest once you started it. So once you start harvesting, there's a chiv of pay kicking in, and therefore you have to leave something. So as long as you can start a harvest and not be finished in one fell swoop, then you must really leave some pay at the end. That's why he says, if you can start reaping something and lishnos, if there's a second amount to reap, that already could be high pay. The Mishnah here says that the halacha follows Rebbe and Biseira, that there's no minimum size in a field beyond just big enough that you could lishnos, go at it twice and with a reaping effort. Um, and the Mishnah says the halacha is like him. This is quite uncharacteristic of the Mishnah. The Mishnah hardly ever paskins like anyone. Um, and you should know that the rule is we don't paskin according to the Mishnah. So, and that's true throughout. So just because the Mishnah says that's the halacha, it may not be the halacha. And in fact, in this case, um, the Rambam et cetera do not paskin like this Mishnah. So the halacha is actually not kedivarav, not like his words. Rather, the halacha is going to follow this fifth opinion of Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Kiva Omer, karka shehu chayavis Rabbi Kiva says um there is no minimum size for a field. Any field of any size is obliged to paya. That is to say, if you even had a single stalk growing in a field, it's that tiny, you know, it's like a whatever, a square centimeter, with one stalk growing on it, you could in theory harvest, you know, one branch of the of the ear of grain and then leave the other branch of the single stalk as uh as paya. That's the halakh, like Rabbi Kiva. There is no minimum. Um once you start harvesting, you gotta leave whatever something regardless of the size of the field. So that's Kol Koloshu means any amount. So now, the Mishnah now will depart from our main topic and just point out that there are other, this is Rabbi Kiva, but we'll point out that there are other areas in Halacha where you need land and in these areas where land is required for some reason or other, there's no de minimis requirement, no minimum amount of land, any amount of land will do. So, in addition to peya, which has no minimum requirement, any amount of land will do, so too with Bikurim. Bikurim is the mitzvah bring the first fruits of the shivat Aminim, the seven species by which Israel is praised to the Beis HaMikdash, but they'll be given to the Kohen, waved and eaten over there by him. So your first fruits must be not only your fruit, but to grow on your particular land. The verse requires it's your land on which it grew. So you have to have some land, but how much land, no requirements. Even if you have a tiny piece of land and that tiny piece of land is where that tiny piece of fruit grew um, or grain, whatever it is, then it's... um you can do you can do the mitzvah peah. It's a little technical but in as much as obviously a tree is bigger, needs more space, et cetera, et cetera, but that's beyond the scope of us. For right now, if you have barley or wheat growing on a tiny piece of land, you can bring bequorum on that because you own that piece of land. That's all you need. And similarly, there's no minimum requirement, the licht of a prusbo. Pruzbol, way beyond the scope of our topic right now, we'll get to it in Shvias, um, is a legal loophole that the rabbis set up whereby um, a person can prevent his loans to the poor during the Shemitah year from being relinquished um, and released. So the way it's done is also technical, and I don't want to get it right now, but, the, but it requires that the the borrower own some piece of land um, for whatever reasons, and that means that if he owns any amount of land, it doesn't matter, that would be sufficient for effecting a principle that would prevent... One's loans that borrow from from being released during shemitah, uh, we'll get the principle at the end of masechah shemitah. Mesecha the final thing listed in the mishnah of where any amount of land will do um, to effect some legal requirement. So this is talking about what's called kinyan agav, a piggyback kinyan. Let's call it. That is to say, the way in which one acquires movable objects, chattel um metaltalan in Hebrew is um usually by lifting it up. hagbah or Meshikha, but let's say hagbah, just lifting it up. So but not for example by transferring money. So for example, if I'm purchasing your watch, just giving you the money doesn't make it mine. I have to actually physically take the watch and lift it up. Now um and the transfer of money effect effectively doesn't do anything in terms of of opinion, in terms of transferring ownership, effecting the transfer. Um mm-hmm. Right. So, um, there is a rule, however, for the Kenyan Agav, the piggyback Kinyon, which is once I'm transferring to you a piece of real estate, as opposed to chattel, meaning a piece of land, as opposed to a movable object. So, um, and those are called in Hebrew Nechasim Shiyesh them which is a property that has the ability to have a lien put on it. is responsible for, to a lien, encumberable. So. Um, the way one transfers ownership of land, real estate, is not through lifting it up, of course, because you can't lift up land. It's through either kesef, money, transferring, you know, transferring from my hand to your hand, the money, or bishtar with a contract, uva chazaka, or through showing conclusively you own the land by doing an act that only a, an owner would do to land, like building a fence around it or something like that. In any case, so once I'm transferring to you my land, so then I can have, let's say, in the contract or the agreement that when I Give you the money or give you the contract, you'll acquire not just my land but also some other my watch, let's say. So that's called the piggyback. The watch piggybacks on the with the rest of the land. And um, now, when I use money, let's say I can we can do an exchange of money to exchange to effect the transfer ownership of the land and with it the watch can come along also. That's the kinyinago. That's the piggyback. So if there were no land in the equation. If we changed money, they wouldn't transfer ownership of my watch from me to you. But if we are transferring money, um, exchanging money to transfer ownership of land, we can use the Kenyan Agav to also let the watch transfer along to you with the exchange of money. So how much land is required to effect the Kenyan Agav, this piggyback Kenyan? The answer is any amount of land, there's no minimum requirement. And that's what the boards, I'll read it to you one more time so you can see it inside. It says, um, the lit- no- you can use any amount of land to acquire with it, um, that's chattel, movable object that you can't put a lien on. Um, you can do that, effect that transfer with kesef, money, shtar, uh, contract, or vachazaka with an act of showing ownership of the, on the land. And then the movable would transfer with it. Again, like rabbi kivan, all these things.